Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast, sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. I am Brooke Small. And I am Jesse Steffes. In this podcast, we dive into the heart of life's questions. This is not a substitute for mental health therapy. However, our goal is to make healing accessible for as many as possible. Welcome back. So today we're going to be uh, going back to our card choosing. And today's card comes from a deck that we found called the Reflect deck. And we like this one a lot because it's got um, questions on it. So a little bit less than the the manifestations, but we both pulled this card and thought, oh, it's time for this. Here we go. Here we go. So today's card says, when was the last time I stepped out of my comfort zone? What I appreciate and I'm both like I appreciate and I'm scared of as we go through this reflection deck is that (laughs) we're about to get real personal. (laughs) So, yeah. So now all of you get to listen to us move through a therapy session. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This this idea, let's let's prolong talking about it (laughs) by first defining some terms. The, the idea of a comfort zone, right? That's what sticks to me. This is we both had this reaction of kind of discomfort about this question. And I think what I want to do first is talk a little bit about what my comfort zone is, because it has a lot to do with the things that I have found in my life that go smoothly, right? Um, and, and doesn't produce a lot of growth which we'll probably talk about as Mm -hmm. well. Um, But for me, comfort zone has really meant feeling proficient and uh, capable and mm, not struggling much with things. And so you and I have talked a little bit before about there, there's this thing about me that if I try something new and it doesn't come somewhat easily, that thing is bad and I'm done. (laughs) Like I'm not super interested in that. That's something I've worked at for a long time in my life now is realizing I don't really do very many things that I don't feel good at, which is really resisting a lot of growth for me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find my comfort zone as a space where I feel like I've got it together and know what I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. My comfort zone is similar I like to know that whatever I'm about to embark on, I will be successful at or yeah. mostly successful. But for me, my my comfort zone is definitely um, emotional protectiveness. Mm. So in vulnerability, I'm most comfortable when I'm making space for someone else and allowing the expression of their own emotion and experience. But I really struggle when that spotlight is turned. Because it's very uncomfortable for me to be that vulnerable like that. And like you, I've spent a lot of time working through that and learning to have hard conversations and learning to be honest with myself in what my own experience is. 
but it's still something that I have to consciously make the choice to be uncomfortable. Yeah. When, when you've made the choice before to consciously be uncomfortable, talk a little bit about what goes into that decision for you. How do you choose that that's the time? Because I'm not sure I always choose it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I don't think that I always choose it. There are lots of times when I'm on autopilot. But especially in relationships that matter to me, I have had to really sit and think about the consequences of being uncomfortable and the consequences mm. of staying in my comfort zone. And a core value of mine is intimacy. And my comfort zone prevents that from really developing and becoming what I want it to be. Mm. And so I have to sit in the discomfort, right, in in that sense of not being completely safe so that I can let people know who I am. Mm. Uh, and that is a very conscious choice. You know, I, <clears throat> to answer the question, when was the last time I stepped out of my comfort zone last night? I had to have a hard conversation with my partner, not about a dynamic in our relationship, but something that I'm discovering about myself and understanding that, of course, will impact him. Um, but that was really hard and really vulnerable because I don't completely understand it yet. Yeah, It's a lot easier for me if I can take time to live in my own head and heart for a long time. And once I've got it resolved, have the conversation about it. But talking about what's what I'm struggling with or what I don't understand without a resolution is really is really uncomfortable mm. and connecting. Yeah. That I really appreciate exactly how you shared that because it helped me understand a recent out of my zone that I had. Um, as I'm re-navigating what my spirituality and faith looks like and really doing some deep reckoning with some questions that I have and have had, I am incredibly uncomfortable, like deeply uncomfortable in investigating and finding out information and allowing myself to um, let go of some things that felt really anchoring uh, and let them kind of float nearby while I see if I can swim. And recently I had dinner with a couple friends who have kind of gone through this process already and are a few years ahead and went in a couple different directions with that. And we opened up the conversation about that and I immediately was uncomfortable because I was fearful, mm -hmm. right? I was very afraid that I didn't have my stuff figured out well enough to show up in this conversation to say, here's where I've come to and here's what I've concluded. Like that doesn't exist for me yet. And feeling this unknown space of journeying is wildly uncomfortable for me. <laughs> right. I actually really hate it. Right. It's very, very uncomfortable. But I keep being in it because it seems worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And so I really relate to when you said I'm, I'm particularly kind of proficient or more familiar with let me figure it all out and then let me tell you this thing or even write a little post about how I figured this thing out it's mm -hmm. so beautiful look what mm -hmm. I figured out and there's nothing figured out right now about this and I'm just kind of sitting in it yeah that the curated vulnerability look look what I've discovered right it's all yeah. neatly and nicely packaged and here's a picture of me crying but this is all resolved so it's fine I don't post pictures of me crying though. well me either <laughs> but would we no <laughs> 
That is way outside my comfort zone. <laughs> and I will never do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think to sit in the question, to not have the answer is super uncomfortable. I yeah. love the the imagery, Jesse, of having the things that anchored you next to you while you see if you can swim. That is um, what growth is, right? Yeah. That's letting go of whatever it is, whether it's a belief, whether it's a coping mechanism, whether it's a person. Yeah, relationship. Right? How were you were you using that person to keep you above water? Can you can you yeah. actually swim? All of that is really terrifying. And also, like we've said over and over, discomfort is a necessary component to growth. And I think that that we are there are places where we're a lot more comfortable with stepping out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Those are practiced places. But but there are other places where we're fully entrenched. Yeah. And struggle to step outside. I had, yesterday was a day full of stepping outside <laughs> of my comfort zone. But um, as any good therapist uh, does, I go to therapy. Right? Yeah. We, we have stuff we have to figure out so that we can fully show up for our clients and understand how we think and where yeah. we are. Um, but sitting with my therapist... Um, I had to step outside of that curated vulnerability. Mm. I had to step outside of, uh, like, yeah, I know why this is happening, and here's the science, and here are all the studies that have been done, and this is what's... I don't know. I don't know why I feel the way I feel. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where this kind of bubbling anger comes from. It scares me sometimes. Uh, and what she said was incredibly helpful and not in that why don't we just like sit with it and see mm. what happens which is exactly what I need to do but it's uncomfortable yeah yeah well in that that experience of you know just sitting in the discomfort is I think this is a good time for us to also talk about discomfort versus a lack of safety mm -hmm. um, which we've covered on the podcast before right but it bears repeating and bears underlining and highlighting and all those things is we can be uncomfortable for as long as it takes for us to figure something out. But when we're unsafe, we need to take action. Mm -hmm. And so part of how we identify, am I uncomfortable or am I unsafe? Because those can feel very similar sometimes mm -hmm. is asking questions like, have I equated this discomfort to a lack of safety before? Has that meant something in my life that if I'm not comfortable, I'm not safe? Or if there's not harmony, I'm unsafe. And once we can get past that, can we see, oh, I actually have a tremendous amount of ability to sit in discomfort. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I living according to an old story? Yeah. Right? That was my experience last night in talking to my partner was was being able to tell myself, tell my body that what I was believing would happen was part of an old story. Yep. And that if I wanted that to change and be different, I was going to have to step outside of how I learned to be safe enough and okay enough in that old story. Um, and it was, you know, he, he met me generously and listened and it was, it was really good. 
but I had to I had to be able to notice the difference between what's unsafe, what's uncomfortable, what's the story that I'm telling myself about this, what's the rule that I think that I'm breaking. Mm. All of those things, right? Our comfort zone is built. The walls of our comfort zone are rules, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether they've been imposed by other people or whether they are our own rules about how to be okay enough. The walls of our comfort zone are rules. That's pretty huge right there, right? I would say that the walls of our safety zone are boundaries. Mm-hmm. We've just created something new here. We have. <laughs> We're going to write a book. <laughs> It's one page long. (laughs) Four sentences. Four sentences. (laughs) That's really profound, though, because this gives us another checkpoint, right? Of am I uncomfortable because I've butted up against a rule? Mm -hmm. Or am I unsafe because something is being violated? Some boundary is being crossed. That really gives us a clear template of being able to say, what am I experiencing here? And is it okay to tolerate? Yeah. And if it's a rule, how do I gingerly or not so gingerly, step over it or crush through it um, or peek around it to see what's on the other side of that that maybe is worthwhile. So when we think about it that way, talking about your comfort zone of needing to be able to know you are successful in whatever you are going to do, what's the rule? I mean that I have to be successful, right? And that I'm only good if I'm successful. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of identity wrapped up in that too that has come from positive feedback. Um, That's the part of me that I want to see, that I want people to see. And that can come out even in spaces like with my partner. If I'm not doing okay or if I've not done something successfully, I need the most support then. And it's the fucking hardest time to ask (laughs) for it. Sure. Like saying I've made a mistake or I've done something that I think was my fault or I caused this or whatever and I need you to come near me is like, oh, it makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. And yet I I tell my clients, that's when you need people the most, right? Yeah. And it's the healthiest thing for your relationship, right? Absolutely. Not to use that person as, as your way of staying above water, but to bring that person in as, hey, this is hard. It's hard for me to swim right now. Can you be near me? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the rule that I was uh, trying to peek around last night was a rule that I can't say anything that makes someone else uncomfortable. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that other people's emotional experience is mine to take care of. And so if I cause distress, then that's on me. Yeah. Wow. Which would make a great therapist, right? (laughs) But truly, like the idea of taking care of emotions, I'm realizing as we're both talking about this, that part of these rules have been really beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. And they have propelled us, I would argue, to some really confident spaces where we're highly effective. But we need boundaries around them. Otherwise, we're going to not be safe. Yeah. 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 Yes. And create new comfort zones that actually aren't aren't good. Yeah, exactly. You, you, and you're making a good point, which I think we've also talked about before, which is that having empathy is not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. But but leaning too far in one direction, you, you self-sacrifice and you self-abandon. Leaning too far in the other direction, you, you're not 
aware of anybody else's experience except yours, right? Right. It's all just self-absorbed. So when we talk about these rules, it, the question, the curious question to ask in this is, in which way am I leaning in this? Mm. What's the healthy middle? What's the balance here? Because I can't make a new rule that says I should share my inner world with everybody I come a- across because I value intimacy. That's not safe. Right, right. That's not safe. But my, my comfort zone wall isn't either. Right. Well, and that, that, as you said at the beginning, when we stay in comfort spaces, comfort zones that are wrapped in rules, it keeps us from intimacy. It keeps us from bravery, one of my highest values, and it keeps us from growth, right? And growth, I often, you know, ask when, when did we grow most? And it's not usually when we had these like very gentle experiences, Right. It's when we endured something difficult or sludged through mud that we had to Mm -hmm. had the hardest conversation of our life, Mm -hmm. repaired something, apologized. Like it's in times when we're really reckoning with difficult stuff Mm -hmm. that we grow. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and that's why it's so important from what I understand to let kids have failure and watch them grow from it and have experiences from which they have to grow. Well, that's where we gain self-efficacy. That's where we gain confidence in, as little kids, our bodies, right? right? If somebody didn't ever let you walk because you they were afraid you'd fall and hurt yourself, you don't gain any confidence in your body. Yeah. You, you have to fall. You have to be bruised. You have to know that you can get up and and move and keep trying. And emotionally, spiritually... Um, mentally, we have to have the same experiences. If we try and protect ourselves or other people from difficult things, all we're doing is stunting our ability to trust whatever that our experience is, trust right. ourselves in that experience. Which I think, you know, as we're describing it this way, it's making me kind of come back to the therapeutic relationship and how functional the relationship is to believe in the client, right? Um, and, and how vital it can be for us to lean on someone else's belief in us until we are able to believe in ourselves. And I don't just mean like, you know, I believe you can run this race. I think you can cross the finish line. But the belief of like, I, I believe that you can move through this thing aligned with your values, or I believe that you can make it to the other side of this if we keep showing up for the hard work. I think oftentimes we are belief holders as therapists and holding on to some belief that something is possible when our clients don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I think people in our lives can can bear witness to that too and believe in in our ability as well until we're able to. When I, I'm thinking about when I launched from my previous position into full-time private practice and how you and my partner and my mom were three champions, right? There was this subtle and very strong belief in me that I kept having to check on, right? (laughs) Are you sure? Yes, still sure. Do you think I can do this? I know that you can, but how do you know so sure, right? (laughs) How do you know so sure? How do you know so sure? (laughs) What data do you have that I haven't been privy to yet? (laughs) But it it was these three people in my life, right, that arguably know me most intimately 
able to see something that was still a quite a big leap for me, right? Everyone else was on the other side of this rule of like, do the safe thing. Mm -hmm. That was my rule, do the secure thing. And being able to say, hey, when you're ready, we see you, we believe you can make this jump, we, and nobody could do it for me. Mm-hmm. That was what was actually the strongest part of this was that all you all could do was believe in me mm-hmm. and my ability to do it, but nobody could push me <laughs> off the edge or build a bridge or any of those things. I had to, I had to trust that maybe the three of you were not crazy mm-hmm. and you weren't. No. I love I love that idea of a belief holder, someone who sees something in us. Years ago, I, out of the blue, decided that I was going to be in a triathlon, like out of the blue. Um, and my dad went and bought me a bike. Wow. I hadn't ridden a bike since I was little. And he got online and he researched and he found one. And the place where he found it was like an hour and a half away from where we lived. And he drove me out there and he watched me get on it. And he checked to make sure it fit me right. And I didn't even know if I could do it. But he did. And because he did, and because he believed in me so much to like provide me with the thing and say, yeah, do this, um, I did it. You know, and there were times where one of my really good friends at the time was training with me, and it was out of the blue for her, too. And we we didn't even know how to change a flat tire, and (laughs) we went over to my dad's house, and he sat in the garage, and he taught us how to do it, and he showed us, and he put the new tires on for us, and both of us needed that. We Mm -hmm. needed to to know that someone believed in us so much to invest time and energy yeah. into to moving us forward. Um, you know, my dad's been a belief holder in so many ways for me, but that yeah. one comes to mind especially because there were a lot of rules around that and a lot of rules around my life, and he kept standing on the other side of them saying, no, that one doesn't apply to you. <laughs> Yeah. It, the, um, the amount of love, right? Like actual love. When we talk about love, we're not talking about infatuation or even affection, but the amount of deep, enduring love he has for you, right? Just flowing through him. Because he couldn't, he can't ride the bike for you. He can't right. finish the triathlon for you. He can't heal what the triathlon was probably attempting to heal also, right? He can't do any of that, but he can get the bike and he can drive you and he can show you and he can believe and he can remind you. And what's so powerful about what you just said, Brooke, is imagining him and standing there, right? And how, how many of us can imagine whoever it is on the other side of our wall saying that doesn't apply to you. Yeah. That's not yours. Crush it, right? Walk through it. Yeah. Standing on the other side of the rules, which can only happen if we've pushed through our own rules, right? This is how this, this virtuous cycle happens is as you push through the rule that says I can only do things that I'll be successful at, or I can only do the safe thing. Now that you've pushed through that rule and you know, it doesn't apply. You can stand on the other side of somebody else's wall and say, no, that's not your rule. 
Yeah. That's something that someone else handed to you. I stand on the other side of the wall of rules for so many women who are in abusive relationships. And I can say, no, not that one either. Yeah. And that one doesn't apply. And that one and that one. And watch them move closer and closer as they trust that, hey, she's on the other side of this. Yeah. Right? Maybe I can do too. That brings the question, I think, that as we as we talk about stepping out of our comfort zones, a companion question to that is what what rules do you stand on the other side of? Right? Because we are always simultaneously in motion and in mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. We're growing and we're we're figuring it out and we're also guiding. Right. No matter where you're at in Mm -hmm. your journey. I mean, how many times has your youngest daughter been the fodder for my growth? (laughs) (laughs) She's only 20 years younger than me. But the the rules that you have still on the other side of, she is now standing on other sides of. Right. Mm -hmm. They, all your girls are powerful. All your kids are powerful. But allowing, allowing ourselves, I think, to say, okay, I have gotten on the other side of this rule. Mm -hmm. Who in my life needs to see me? on the other side of this. Yeah. That allows us to stand in a space, I think, of, of real empowerment while we have those other areas where it's like, I don't know if I can step out yeah. around that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what a beautiful image, right? It reminds me of the Rupi Kaur poem where she says, you know, I stand on the shoulders of all of the women that came before me. Something like that. I don't remember yeah. it exactly. But that idea of, all of us have been breaking these rules and and I was able to break through the rules the walls that I had which will come back to the idea that our comfort zone is not actually very comfortable it's just safe right, right? right but I I was able to do that because I was already standing on the shoulders of somebody who had broken the rule before that yeah as you say that, I, I was talking to my therapist recently. Um, good therapists go to good therapists, right? And one of the things we were talking about is all of the rules that have been broken in my history. And one of the things that I came to is I have for a very long time thought that I was the only one breaking rules in the lineage of the women that came before me. And I'm I'm not right in that. I'm wrong because my mom lit rules on fire right and so did her mom and mom and mom and mom i am the one in my line that is naming it Mm -hmm. right but they busted the doors open for me to even be allowed to have language to name the things and i hope it's my daughter one day who starts to uncurl things and blow it up even further Mm -hmm. but that's that premise right of they have stood on the other side of their rules so that i could stand on the other side of mine Mm -hmm. When we heal, others heal, right? Mm-hmm. When we heal, we do this community healing. Um, and I think when we step outside of our comfort zone too, community starts to step outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, well, they can't, everything is in patterns and systems, yeah. right? It, our family has patterns, we have patterns. And the minute we put one little, you know, chink in that cog right like once we take one little um, tooth out of that wheel it can't 
spin the way it used to. Right. So uh, the, this idea of these small things that we do, um, I think breaking rules is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. But as we as we push through our own discomfort, comfort zone rules, our yep. safety zone, um, what we're doing is we disrupt all the patterns that were attached to us staying in that space. Yeah. We, you know, going back to my conversation with my partner, I could have engaged the way I always did. Mm-hmm. And we would have engaged in the pattern that we always had. He would have responded to me the way he does. I would have, it, it's, it's scripted. Yeah. But the minute I step outside the script and say, I'm, I'm going to tell you this thing. Yeah. All of that changes. The pattern changes. And so that happens for ourself. When we change the script with ourself, we do things a little bit differently. It happens in our families. It happens in our communities. It happens socially. We don't have to do these huge, massive things. We just step on the other side of the rule. Hmm. So I think... I think as we wrap up, my takeaway is is some questions, right? Some offerings of questions. And I mean, I think one of them is, is maybe reflecting on what rules have you lived inside of before? What rules are you currently on the outside of, right? Finding yourself and what, what rules are you needing to step out of and what rules have you stepped out of? How about for you? Um, yeah, my takeaway, my takeaway is that our comfort zone is not comfortable. It's just predictable. Mm. It's safe. And that also is in quotations, but it's safe. We know what to expect. Um, but that, that means that we're stuck in that, right? I know what to expect in the laundry room of my house. Yeah. But if I never left that laundry room, it would be a pretty pathetic existence. <laughs> There's no snacks in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we, when we're stuck in a comfort zone, it's like staying in one room of our house. We don't get to explore. We don't get to understand. We don't get to expand. Yeah. So identify what the walls are. Those questions that you had are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we can tell what a rule is by the way we see other people. So I guess that would be my last thing that I say is when usually when we see people stepping outside the rules that we think are hard and fast, we are judgmental. Um, We might have uh, some resentment. Mm -hmm. And so using those two emotions as indicators of, whoa, what rule are they breaking that I think I have to follow? That can always be really helpful to understand where we are. And the, the other side of that question, I think if with, when we dig deeper is what liberation are they living in that I wish I could. Exactly. What, what, how did they get on the other side of that rule? How'd you do that? Get back over here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. It's good talking to everybody again. We'll see you next time. See you next time.
If you are interested in submitting a question or letter to the Heart of Life podcast, you can do so at our website, riverbendcolorado.com, and click on the podcast tab. We would love for you to give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. By doing so, you help us make the Heart of Life podcast easier to find and more accessible for everyone. We will see you next week as we walk each other home. Mm -hmm.